This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Appreciate your time. You're my NBA analyst, so let's get right to it. Uh, Draymond playing in Game 3, what do you think? Man, I think he is, because I mostly because Sabonis also get, got, a, got a flavor in one of the play. Uh, with with trying to grab his trying to grab Draymond's ankle, I think that might be his only saving grace because obviously <laughs> Draymond has the. I mean, he's got the track record, right? And you can be mad about like, hey, everybody's not officiated the same. If you know that, maybe you don't go Stone Cold Steve Austin on somebody, bro. Like, I mean, he really like. I mean, the 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 steel frames that are now getting memed into onto my timeline, it's. It's not a good look, man. <laughs> like, I mean, it looks like a very demonstrative. I'm trying to like really throw my my uh, stomp my foot through your chest. Like it's and, and the best part, by the way, is after some after the game, Sabonis, you know, he goes go get X-rayed on his chest or whatever. Apparently, Draymond must have uh, you know one up him and goes go get uh, X-rays on his ankle. So that's I mean, I at least appreciate him going full heel. Uh, no pun intended. I mean, there, there's certainly some. There is a. Uh... Uh, a soccer mentality about what both guys did, right? To uh, to roll around on the ground. So, I first of all, it, it was very much it was Christian Leitner and Amino Timberlake all over again. Yes. Uh, although the Leitner Leitner on Timberlake was more of a tap. Uh, Draymond Draymond stomped on him. I don't think he put the full weight. Uh, I mean, um, I would hope not. I mean, like, it would, it just looked so demonstrative, though. Like, he got terrible, the arms yeah. into it. It was like a full workout. Like, I was like, okay. I mean, like, <laughs> way to commit, my guy. It was like sweating to the oldies with uh, with Richard Simmons. So, <laughs> nice. look, unfortunately for Draymond, yeah, history plays a role here. And his team is already, now he doesn't know this at the time, his team is already down to nothing in the series. I mean, I'm not saying it, it takes me back to game was it game five against the uh the Cavaliers back in 16 when he had when he when he missed that game and they lost that game the Cavaliers went back won game six and then they lost game seven so it's not quite the same thing but this Warriors team isn't the same Warriors team either it's not and the the biggest thing for me is uh, well, one, you can never say that the regular season doesn't matter anymore. If you look at, if you take a look at this series, a lot of the stuff that's going on is stuff that needs to would would have been cleaned up if the Warriors had been at full throttle. Wiggins right. missed a ton of time with his personal issue. Uh, Curry, I think, played around 50, 53, 54 games somewhere around there, uh, so he missed a lot of games as well with injury. And so the Warriors would not have been would not have been playing the number three seed. They wouldn't have been playing right. the Kings if they had had a, if they had, had a regular, uh, regular season. And then on top of that, some of the stuff, when we talk about turning it on and stuff like not getting beat on switches, finishing out defensive possessions with defensive rebounds. They, they once again lost the, the, the rebounding margin last night. Um, and, 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 and just not turning the ball over. They had 20 turnovers. You're not going to, you you just, it's very right. hard to win when you have 20 turnovers. Cause yeah, they only. I think the Kings only got nine points off of those turnovers, but they they also got ten more field goal attempts. Yeah. So like you're putting yourself at such a disadvantage, and I, and the thing that would scare me if I'm a Warriors fan, they did the Kings didn't shoot the ball particularly well mm-hmm. from deep. They shot about 26 percent from from three pointer, and this is a top ten team in terms of three points attempted and three point percentage throughout the year. The Kings have been. They didn't shoot the well, and they still won. And, and kind of handedly, 
that would be that would really really concern me uh, if 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 I'm a Warriors fan to say nothing of the fact that they consistently are getting beat in those non Steph Curry minutes. All they right. were minus 14 in the first in the first mm-hmm. game and minus 11 in the second. Is there a Mike Brown factor here too with the time he spent with the Warriors? There, I'm sure there is. Like I, I'm, I'm sure. And look, Harrison Barnes. I think Harrison yeah. Barnes has, has has taken this thing eight, personally too. Eight points of his. They only had 13. Yeah. Eight came in the fourth quarter, and there mm-hmm. were at least two, maybe three buckets after the Warriors had trimmed that lead. They actually tied it, at, and I think it was 93 when they tied it. Uh, and then it got up to six, and then it got back down to one. Uh, and then there were at least a couple of Barnes buckets the rest of the way that just helped kept you know keep providing them with a cushion so they could take that to the final uh, to the final horn. Look, um, I picked the Warriors to come out of the West, um, yeah. and I still I'm still confident that they can win Game Three. But boy, is that hill steeper if they don't have Draymond Green. Let me ask you about the most fascinating thing that I saw. In the, in the first three days of the NBA playoffs already, and we've seen a lot of great stuff. Phoenix at home to the Clippers, and I can't I can't decide if my favorite part was the Kawhi Leonard show, or how well Russell Westbrook not only defended KD early, but the plays that he made in the fourth quarter. It, Kawhi was the star. He won the game, or he he got them to the point where they could win the game. Right. And then I think Russ won it. That, I love Russell Westbrook because you're talking about Russ winning. He went three and nineteen in that game. I know, right? Like this is, and, and that's not a, that's not shade on him. It's just it's how dynamic he can be yep. and how obvious he is. There's never a time when Russell Westbrook is on the court and you're like, is Russ playing? Like you know, <laughs> all the time he's going to shoot it. He's going to shoot you in games. He'll shoot you out of games. He's going to turn the ball over. He's going to drive you mad. And then he's also going to, hey, he only had nine points, but he had eight assists. And he had those big stops late in that game. Because he will always believe that he's the best player on the court. Always. (laughs) Like, Durant knows better than anybody that Russ thinks he is the guy every single time. And it's, it's interesting because I like the Clippers. I never took them seriously because they can't stay healthy, right? Like, everybody knows Kawhi's missed a lot of time. And then as soon as I start to during the regular season, what happens? Paul George goes down. And then I'm like, here we go again. They're going to be missing out on their top two guys. The Clippers are a really deep team. They have yeah. four They have four guys in double figures. Obviously, Russ had nine. And it's, and it's so different because what the Suns did when they made that trade, obviously they got KD, but they also – that bench – their, their production now is is, is a lot lo- lower. So they only had 10 points compared to the Clippers' 34. Like, it's really a tale of really two completely different teams. Yes. Kawhi being, you know, the best player on the court for the majority of the of the game, if that happens, then, yeah, they're, they're going to – the Clippers are going to win. I don't think that they can keep that up. Uh, mm. But, man, it's 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 fun to watch. And, and I enjoy, you know, KD goes zero points in the first quarter, has 17 in the second. Like, this is going to be a – it's going to be so much fun to watch so many stars on the court at one time. There's no question. I love Norman Powell coming off the bench. Uh, look, I'm a fan of Terrence Mann. Every time yeah. I see Terrence Mann, I, may, I I try to imitate James Earl Jones from Field of Dreams. But uh, he's he's a really good player. Shout out uh, to Florida State. Go ACC. Uh, <laughs> all right. So LeBron James and Anthony Davis were just like they were the supporting cast. Yeah. For the Lakers in the uh, first win over the Grizzlies, Austin Reeves 
Rui Hachimura with 29 off the bench. And I thought D'Angelo Russell had some, uh, you know, some great moments as well. LeBron and AD just had to be, you know, normal versions of themselves. They didn't have to do anything spectacular. The Sacramento, rather, Memphis can't allow that to happen. No, uh, but man, that that Moran injury, we don't know the extent well, of true. it. He, you know, he might play, he might he might not play. Uh, but it's it's so weird to, to the fact that they started talking about like, hey, you know, Rob Linka, you gotta give him credit for putting this team together. It's like, yeah, you also submarine the team for a good part of the season sure. by getting rust, right? Like fixing but his own mess. But he's been right. Like he lit the fire, but then he put it out. So I mean, I guess net <laughs> positive, maybe. But it's 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 fun because the Lakers in the last 15 games of the season, they were 12th in three-point percentage in, in terms of efficiency. And while that's not lighting the house on fire, they were 26th right. before, in the first half before the uh, before the All-Star break. They just got to be – all they had to do was be reasonably good from back there because they're still top 10 in terms of points uh, scored in the paint per game. Like, this team is not – this is not – fair for Memphis to be going against this team in the first round. Like for all the work that they did, the, right. the best finish in, uh, you know, in recent franchise history and boom, you get the Lakers, you get LeBron, you get AD and apparently you get Austin Reeves, who is him. Maybe I guess, uh, like it's, it's, it's unfortunate, but I think they got too much. Like, I really do think the Lakers are, are, are too good. Like I picked the Lakers to come out. I know you did. I, I still think it's going to be a, it's going to be a close series. So I, I don't think Memphis is by any means done. Jaron Jackson Jr., they got a problem on their hands with that dude, man. His his ability to score with his back to the basket, he's yeah. really improved that part of his game. But I still think the Lakers come out of this thing. So, r- real quick, you mentioned the uh, the John Moran injury. I doubt he plays in game two. Uh, that's a problem. I, 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 I think this series could be over quick if Ja can't go. Oh, it's done if they don't win game two. I really, I don't think that you're well, going to I don't think they're going to win game two if John Moran can't play. But I will give shouts to Tyus Jones, who's one of my all-time favorite players. I, I was so. about to say your, your your guy is going to is going to get his is going to get his chance. Yeah. And you know, I went to go look look, look this up because I remember Job missing some time last year. They were twenty and five without him. This year they were ten and eight. A lot more pedestrian this year right. without Moran, and I think he's going to be back into the series at some point. In what capacity, I don't know. Uh, he's not a you know a huge volume three point shooter for them. They still do have other guys. I mentioned uh, Triple J, uh, Bain is a really important cog mm-hmm. for them. But they, I, Ty Jones is going to have to carry the load, and he's led the league once again and assist the turnover ratio. If there's anybody that can get them kind of on the right foot offensively, a, a place that they kept sometimes struggle, particularly in the, set, in the in the half court, it's going to be him. All right, let me ask you real quick before I uh, ask you something that you and I were talking about kind of offline that I think is, uh, is interesting. I hope it happens. Um, in the East, Milwaukee, I think if Giannis plays, they'll be fine. I'm not worried about losing game one to the Miami Heat. Uh, but Adam Golden Studio with my man, Coach Pete Deruta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. Financial advice industry can be overwhelming for a lot of people. Is there a way to be sure you're getting the best service when you don't know? Yeah, Adam, it's not just if you gave the money to a planning team and they did good the first year. I mean, anyone could do good for one year, but it's a track record and it's a long-term accounts that are very important. We call that a financial fill-up strategy, Adam, and that gives you lifetime income you can never outlive. We'll put together for you, the listener, your very own total retirement plan. If you call right now. Call and claim your comprehensive review with Coach Pete and the team, 888-843-0013, or text ADAM to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. 
the more I watch Philadelphia, the more I am on board with the 76ers' potential for this year to come out of the East. Uh, Tyrese Maxey just had just went nuts. Uh, I know it's, it's just Brooklyn at this point, and Brooklyn is just not that good. Although Brooklyn has a lot of the same type of players, they have a mm-hmm. ton of them. Um, they're just they're there are no stars there, and that's a big problem for them. Uh, but Joel Embiid, twenty nineteen seven three blocks. I know he had eight turnovers, but I could live with that. Uh, all the other stuff that Joel Embiid is doing, uh, he's going to win the MVP, right? Yeah, probably, particularly with the way you it was close all the way down to about the last two weeks. And then Denver falls off a little bit yeah. towards the end, uh, played Jokic a little bit less. And then Embiid, I think he had a 50-10 game somewhere in there, <laughs> yes. and, and they finished a lot, a lot stronger. Uh, but the fact that they were able to, to, to win without Harden going crazy or anything, he had eight points. I don't think he got to the free throw line. Like, yeah. he's still distributing the ball and stuff like that. That's what he's doing. Uh, but but, but I, I mentioned earlier – I mentioned in the previous time I came on the show that, like, I look towards Maxi, I look towards Tobias Harris because those are the guys that are going to have to step yeah. up whenever, hey, maybe MB gets a foul trouble, maybe Harden doesn't have it going that night. Those are the guys that are going to have to carry them. And Maxi was like, no problem, cool. Because that's another <laughs> guy that would probably be a starter and a star on most other teams. But he's had to, you know, he's kind of played this role in shadows, roll off the bench, you know, kind of fire, fire starter, Vinny Johnson sort of role. But he can, like, he's incredibly capable of doing that again. That's not an anomaly that he that he goes for for 30 plus. Um, I, I've been interested in kind of how the Nets have played this because if there's one thing that they don't have is depth up front. You know, once you get right. past Nick Claxton, like, it gets, you know, Sharp is there. Shout out to UNC Sharp. But, like, <laughs> they don't really have a ton of, you know, size or talent at, at those positions. It's mostly three and D guys there. I'm interested to see if they'll they'll stop with so much of the double teaming uh, because I think it is giving them some of the other players on, on that 76ers squad some open looks. Uh, I understand eight turnovers for, for B, but – I'd personally rather see him go for 50 or 60 instead of letting everybody get these open shots and, and have that going. Cause I, I just, I don't think, I don't think you can do it that way. Cause and shout out to Doc Rivers because they put him in the, at the elbow high post situation. He's a great mid range player mm-hmm. and makes them harder to double from there than it would be if he was just only going in the traditional post place. All right. Before I let you go, Brendan Witted uh, at uh, HU Cosell on Twitter, Bison Express and Swarm and Sting real quick. Uh, I know you wrote about this today for Swarm and Sting. Um, uh, uh, Miles Bridges and the Hornets, they say they're going to re-sign him. He's, he's, he's got 10 more games of a suspension for the domestic violence uh, issues uh, that you know, surfaced a year ago. Uh, he didn't play at all last year, and he was coming off a really good finish of the year before. Uh, what do you think the future is for him with the Hornets? Uh, it feels more and more like they're – that the Hornets are going to re-sign him. He's a restricted free agent. So regardless, if anybody makes a, makes a play for for his contract, they'll, the Hornets have the right to come in and, and, and match it. Um, I don't know what that number is going to be now. Obviously, it was going to be huge. You mentioned his his career year last year. He had, he had a career highs in points, rebounds, and assists. He was getting to the line more. He was able to – he had worked on his handle so he could get to the cup uh, without needing to uh, to be assisted to get there. As from a pure basketball point of view, he's exactly what they need. He, they need wing help. He's a guy that's played at least sixty-five games in all of his in, in, for his entire career, outside obviously of, of last year. 
And those are things, you know, this is a team that was dead last in offense last year, 30 out of 30, right? So (laughs) this is what they need, at least on that basketball side. On the other side, do you want to bring him back? What is that going to do to your fan base? Hey, the team might end up getting be uh, might end up sold, right? Yeah. So, what, like, are, is is this somebody that you're going to want on your on your balance sheet if you're if you're trying to sell the team? All that stuff comes into play with this. Uh, the most important thing to me has always been, hey, you know, uh, is he going to is he going to go through? You know, he's got 52 weeks of counseling as both uh, parental counseling and domestic violence counseling that, that he has to go through, and all this is a lot more sensitive than, you know, hey, somebody come back from an injury or anything like that. Like a lot of people, I I talked about the fan base, a lot of people have been victims of intimate partner violence. And those sorts of things can change about how how fans feel about organizations. On the other end of the on the other end of the spectrum, as I, I you know, you mentioned Swarmers thing, I'm I'm doing all of the social media for them, so I'm seeing all these replies whenever I write <laughs> something like this. Some people don't care at all or just want right. him to go back and, and, and out there who you have you really do have it on both sides as it pertains to how the fan base will respond to it. But it does feel like they're they're going to bring him back. He'll be he'll be suspended for another ten games this upcoming season. But uh, yeah, it looks it, it does definitely feel like he'll be back. Yeah, I mean it's 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 so easy to 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 make this simple, and in some cases it is, um, but it is a it is a complicated thing because there is a talent, uh, and basketball at its core is an in, is an entertainment industry, right. uh, but there is also the representation of your franchise in the community that must be considered. All right, real quick. Uh, you and I were going back and forth. The NBA is considering an in-season tournament, and I have likened it to something like the FA Cup in English soccer, which there are nine t- tiers of soccer on the English football pyramid, uh, and they all participate in this. We don't have that. We don't have that level of structure in professional basketball in the United States. We we do have two between the NBA and the G League uh, of course, you know, you you know, teams have their own affiliates in the G League and right. theoretically you could play against one of your affiliates, but I just love to see an in-season tournament even if it's even if it's just within the NBA confines. So, all 30 teams have a and and crown a champion and at some point it'll matter. It won't matter in year 1, but at some point it will matter. The FA Cup's been going on for 150 years. It's so weird because I I cannot wrap my American sports brain around this to save my life. Right. Like, I'm, you know, the idea of like, okay, we're going to stop this regular season. We're just going to have a tournament. Yay. Like, what? No. The Like, it's all about, hey, it's rings culture, right? And, and for better or worse, that has been what has dominated the NBA. And the idea of, hey, we're going to stop doing this, put guys in potential injury harm to go play these tournaments that, to my mind, at least as we sit here today, don't have any value. It's hard to wrap my mind around it. But it doesn't stop. It do, you don't stop your season. It is okay. interwoven in the season, and the games also count on your standings. But it's just a separate entity, and like it, th- that is not the way it's done in English soccer. But you could do that within the context of your schedule. It would also potentially create more high-caliber games between, I mean, who knows? Maybe you have a, a Knicks-Celtics game in January that turns out to be an NBA League Cup semifinal. So, and there would have to be a financial or some sort of carrot at the end. 
yeah. to uh, to benefit both teams. Uh, but it's just something to think about. I think it would be cool because yeah, I think we all agree that in the middle of a season, sometimes a game in January, even if it's between two rivals, can be kind of, yeah. man, we just had four of these uh, <laughs> last week. I got to run. Uh, Brendan Witted at HUCOSEL on Twitter. Swarm and Sting online and the podcast. I appreciate it, man. Uh, thank you. We'll talk to you again. I can't speak anymore. Talk to you later. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.